it's so weird and difficult when I'm doing it that like when I come up with something that like hits and I'm really excited about it there's just like there's just a moment being of just that moment basically uh, yes yeah you smell something put some stuff together and smell it and it's kind of it's what you were wanting or expecting or it's it's somehow strange and weird and better than than that that's that's the moment hello welcome to makers moment a podcast about makers in edmonton and beyond i'm vicky wersinski i'm a maker and designer as well as co-organizer of the royal bison art and craft fair here in edmonton canada this episode is all about the art world of smells. Yeah, perfume. Josh Smith of Libertine Fragrance has been making scents for five years since he made a perfume for a design school project. He tells us about the weird world of perfumes, the existence of scent reviewers, like with YouTube channels, what? And about his first career in forestry. It's rad to hear designers and makers come from all sorts of places. We will hear all about how perfume school is a thing, about making sense in Edmonton, the inspiration behind Josh's perfumes, and a little history lesson on 19th century France. Josh tells us how perfume is a really good way to look at issues around sustainability and climate change, why we might all smell differently in the future, and where the idea of perfuming came from. It was a total luxury to wear perfume way back when, and it might begin to go that way soon, which was a really wild conversation. Big thanks to Edmonton Made for sponsoring this podcast. You can hear more about how they help makers in this fair city at the end of the show. And if you're a maker, you might be interested in checking out how to be a part of their gifted catalog, too. Don't forget, we're on SoundCloud and Spotify. Listen and rate as you will. It's all at royalbison.ca slash makersmoment. This interview was recorded in March 2019 at my home studio. So unavoidably, you'll hear my cats a little bit at the beginning and some neighborhood noises make an appearance, too. Let's dive in. So my name is Josh. I run Libertine Fragrance, a small perfume company, and I've been doing that for almost five years. Five years? Almost five years. Yeah, it's coming up this Tell fall. me how it started. I took, I took forestry first and ended up cutting down trees for a living for a while in the city and doing arborist stuff. Um, but, and like art, crafting, making, that sort of thing was like the, the thing that I did after work to make myself sane. Uh, so I just figured design made sense. It's just a sense of wanting to do something kind of weird and different or like there's something about that I got caught with when I was playing around with it. Like scent is so, it's so primal and it's so like important to us, but it's also so kind of unknown and weird. And like working in, in design, it's like a totally tangible, physical, visual, it's like right in front of you. So applying some of that, some of that to scent, like this weird invisible sense that we don't really understand and don't really but like it impacts us quite a bit was, I don't know, it just felt like a cool thing to try to like play around in. Mm-hmm. It caught you. It was pretty much a school project. Uh, the design students were, there was going to be a pop-up shop and I knew I had to sort of essentially make a product. I've been researching perfume just as like a nerdy side thing, the like weird art of how scents are put together. And then I did that and put it in the pop-up shop and it was super, super well received. Mm-hmm. have kept doing it. What is it about perfumery that is so nerdy? It's very technical. Um, It's invisible. So it's really hard to get a grasp of what you're doing right or wrong, I found. So like, you know, if you're you're learning how to paint or learning how to uh, like sculpt something, you can like see the mistakes that you did. Whereas like if you're putting together ingredients, like oftentimes there's so like in in a rose oil or in in different essential oils, there's so many chemicals that build those things. So you like you put things together, it doesn't necessarily do what you expect it to do. And then if it does something weird, it's really hard to 
figure out what caused that weirdness. So there's just like a lot of exploration. It feels very like mad science-y. The mad science of design. <laughs> yeah. And sense have kind of exploded in the last mm-hmm. five. Like, okay, so like in five years ago, when yeah. you were thinking about this, it was like a personal interest, and then weird chemistry. And then was it already a kind of a thing for designers to try to make a scent? I mean, maybe it's like Tom Dixon and stuff was doing candles and things like that, where there's that crossover. But um, I think I hit on it almost like just accidentally, totally hit at exactly the right time. So, so you caught the wave. I just accidentally, yeah. totally lucked out. You're actually one of the many people have told me exactly the same yeah. thing they're just like i had this idea at the same time that like not many other people did either. yeah it was it did pretty well and I'd, I'd put so much kind of time into the development of these few i think i did three cents for the, the pop-up show and i there was just so much time and effort that had kind of gone into it and i just was like really in that mode and i think design school was good because it was just there's a lot of um support for just doing weird stuff and throwing yourself into things so i'd already put the tiny bit of money into it that i had and i'd got some money back so i just you know might, might as well just keep keep trying at this you went to perfume school sort of yeah what yeah. was that like <laughs> yeah i mean i went to like a it was in terms of perfume schools in in the world it was sort of like a three-week course in la the the company that put it on does courses all over the world uh perfumers world they're from thailand and they are basically a company that sells ingredients but then they are trying to like help people who want, might want to use those ingredients up their up their skills so yeah it certainly wasn't like a going to most of the other schools that are like professional schools you might get jobs with with some of the perfume companies that are in france and they're like actual masters so this was um a little more like a an intensive workshop uh but it was cool it was really neat to just like to live in in la for like a month basically just like going to perfume school um they had tons of ingredients to smell and it was cool being in a room full of like 25 people that were all like really really jazzed about smelling things geeking out yeah that's awesome so yeah and la was cool too there's like there's a whole actual scent culture there it's like they're they're geeking out in their in their living room just for like a hobby yeah yeah it was cool I think it's really good, and I'm intend to get out sometimes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what yeah. I, mean? I mean? I guess I don't mean that lightly or no. anything, but there is something to be said for going to bigger centers yeah. and drawing that knowledge. It brings stuff back. What has happened in the last five years? Taken on by a number of really neat retailers right away, which is really a very good confidence confidence booster that you're onto something good. Um, I was reviewed by like a pretty famous in the world of perfume review reviewing, which is its own big thing. But uh, I was re- positively reviewed by Luca Turin, um, who's, yeah, he's like a big name in, in scent review. Tell yeah. me more about perfume reviews. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, weird world, like, I think just like fashion and whatnot. There's a lot of reviewers, and now with, with YouTube and stuff, there's a lot of um, just kind of like amateur or independent reviewers, like people just building up a platform and a channel and um, that are just really passionate about, about fragrance. So there's like a whole network of people that you can, that are like want to talk about scents and review them and um so but he's more on the like the science of scent um he created a alternate theory as to how like our noses work essentially compared to what the the standard academic theory has been for the past hundred years almost like fashion and almost like art yeah actually totally actually it's so it's so interesting like the the idea that there's a perfume critic would mm-hmm. argue that perfume is an art form yeah wild yeah, it's it's a weird. I think it's like and because it's so reproducible in that, like it's a consumer product. I think it like it hits right on that balance between art and and kind of fashion or art and commodity product. Um, it's kind of a weird blend. So you're almost a, an artist 
Yeah. Perfume, I mean, perfume artist sounds so cheesy. Yeah, it does. But, like, yeah. Sandwich artist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but, like, so one of the big questions that I'm wandering around asking people is, like, you know, are you a maker? Mm-hmm. Would you define yourself as a maker? Or, like, how can we help sort of define what right. that is in, in, in 2019? Um, would you call yourself a maker? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. That probably, it probably wouldn't be like the first term that I would use, but I think it, it fits. And I think it's like interesting to think about in 2019, like we're probably, especially just in North America or whatever, like one of the first generations to not really have a bunch of makers around like a hundred years ago. Like, oh, your dad is a cobbler. So you also probably end up making shoes as well, or they make hats or whatever. So I think just that like transactional nature of like gaining skills and selling to people around you is, is pretty universal or it's like pretty part of the human experience, but we're just like a little more separate from it now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think perfume qualifies as, as making absolutely as well. I mean, I guess there's physical mixing of things, mm-hmm. which we can get into in a second, but you just said that you might have, you might prefer a different term. Maybe just coming from design school, like I typically use the term designer, I guess maybe, but I think that's really just like, there's no real reason, but maybe it's just, you know, coming, having that taken schooling. I'm like, I should, I should call myself that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like a Venn diagram I'm starting to see <laughs> yeah, between totally. like artist, designer, and maker. Yeah. And so many people are actually on the inside of those three little Like right in the, in the middle. So obviously you make this, these perfumes sort of with your mind and with your hands. Yeah. Right. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about the process? Like yeah. how do you make a perfume? Yeah. I've got a, a wall of ingredients, like just like little weird <laughs> little weird bottles of uh, I think I probably have like 200 or so that I'm working with now yeah so I'll come up with an idea whether it's like oh I want to create something I, I think a lot in terms of um, kind of like landscapes usually there's usually some sort of visual component that I'm like drawing from to then sort of recreate the scent of or try to be very like to the point in that way less abstract and then so then it's just a lot of like dropping drops so you just have a formula sheet that I write all the ingredients I'm going to use and how many drops of this how many drops of that weigh it all out and then just like lots and lots of trials and tests and kind of like trying half the formula trying like the bottom the heavier ingredients the lighter ingredients and then and then once i have something that's totally nailed down which usually takes like a long time like a year like um, a month you eight, eight eight months probably usually it's eight. been getting longer the more like the pickier i've gotten it's been getting way longer so probably about eight months to like something where i'm like this is solid this is great then i like have it all in excel in a lot of lot of excel sheets and then so it tells me the just a like much larger batch size how much of each ingredient needs to go in it and then i make a big batch and dilute it and it's a perfume wild yeah so it's based on a landscape it's based on a concept Mm -hmm. like the scent is based on a concept and then do you imagine kind of the end wearer or do you know who you want to wear your perfume not that's maybe i'm i maybe yeah not really to be honest like that's not my sort of primary concern um and I think that that maybe like speaks to, comes into the where I think I'm a little more on the kind of like arts side of perfume than um, say like a person like a bigger company is like they definitely have a, a user group in mind and like a floral fruity floral thing is perfect for spring 2019 whereas I'm like it's more it's all about the scent and then whoever likes it can like I'm very happy if you don't they, like it go home yeah <laughs> and if you do like it that's great like I just want people to it's more about the act of creation, and then if people pick up on it, like, that's awesome. This may be the only time these words have been uttered in this uh, entire city, but why make perfume yeah. in Edmonton? 
uh, I actually got a application from a girl who's going to go to perfume school in France that's living here. Like she's she's here for school, but she was like, "You seem to be Canada's like perfume." Like I'm, I'm some sort of authority. And it's like that's not the case. Yeah, Maybe she, it is. It actually. is. I mean, yeah. Like you're, there's you're building up knowledge. I am, and yeah, it's just like for a person who you know is just doing this thing on their own. And yeah, I think Edmonton, like it's where I'm from Red Deer, so um, came to Edmonton for school. It's where I've just sort of been. I haven't had any like major downsides to making perfume in Edmonton. Do you have a business background? Not at all. No, I have a design background and a forestry background. Um, yeah. Mix the two together and <laughs> yeah. get perfume. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No business background. Um, what's been kind of the most challenging part of selling a product? Just knowing what, what the kind of, uh, norms are for, for businesses, like finding out, I mean, it's pretty easy to find out about stuff like, um, you know, how to sell to wholesale, like retailers and stuff on a smaller scale. But, um, uh, just as you grow, there's always like more and more things, you know, more and more whether it's just like the ways businesses need you to act or packaging requirements or like, you know, if now I'm trying to sell in Europe, there's like a whole regulations, like a lot more, it's just all of that stuff, the like technical industry side of things that are, there's no manual for, and they don't make it particularly easy. Like they don't, they're not making it purposely difficult, but it's, it's definitely not, you got to do a lot of diving into things. Like Europe is kind of the standard for what, what you should have in stuff and what you shouldn't. What bits of advice or uh, other designers or other makers have inspired you through this process, helped you kind of keep going? I mean, I guess uh, just starting starting in the environment that the, of design school, like having a lot of people who are just trying things was really great. Um, but I think just being involved with designers in general, like it's a, and being able to talk through ideas. What's the best part about making or designing perfume? It's so weird and difficult when I'm doing it that like when I come up with something that like hits and I'm really excited about it there's just like there's just a moment being of just that moment basically uh, yes yeah you smell something put some stuff together and smell it and it's kind of it's what you were wanting or expecting or it's it's somehow strange and weird and better than than that that's that's the moment <laughs> what's so the flip side like what's the worst part <laughs> I think perfume specifically maybe for making things is kind of weird because it's there's a lot of development done outside of the public and then there's kind of a release and then you're that things in in your line probably like unless you're to do really limited editions of, of things or smaller batches so getting that feedback at the start is hard um there's just a lot of, of pressure when you are gonna like put something out into the world because you spent a lot of time on it and then the idea is that you keep making that thing like that exact thing for for a while so the the worrying that everyone's gonna hate it and that you're gonna cry and all that stuff is no good, but it's always usually like a little more over dramatized than what actually happens. So I mean, it is like you're putting a piece of yourself out there, yeah. And like the only way you can gauge if it's good or not is if you get like sales. Exactly, it's yeah. <laughs> sort of a horrible trap. At yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been a few moments where I've been really excited about something, and then um, I released it to a couple like trustworthy sources and got some critique at, at the right time, and was able to put a screeching halt to like making a, a bunch of them, making a thousand of something or whatever. Yeah. There's always people who will who will tell you that they're like not fans, but there's much more of the time like you're gonna hear that when people are actually excited about. It. What's your number one item? And did you stumble across it, or did you do like a bunch of market research to make it happen? <laughs> sort of. My number one 
item is actually like the first my two top items are the first things that i've i had made doing this so that's sort of like it's great and I, they're they're some of my favorite things because it happened so organically and i was still totally just like playing around at that point and with no expectations um but it is kind of like <laughs> weird to me that that i don't know something about that made them they just really hit i didn't do any there was definitely no market research it was totally just playing around for myself so it's uh, softwoods and sex and jasmine are the two perfumes that that are still the most loved um, because this is audio and we can't see or smell mm -hmm. i wish we could smell the radio that would be really right yeah can you describe one of your perfumes can you describe sort of what it looks like and maybe start to begin to talk about what it smells like or what the concept behind what it smells like yeah um like. releasing a perfume it'll be ready for the royal bison which i'm super excited yeah. for right away uh, called pindicicle um, so it's like the end of the century in French. The inspiration was the, that was like a cultural period in France. There's essentially, there was like a, a fear of the future. People were returning to a lot of more like mysticism, but there's also like excitement for future technologies and fast moving trains were coming in and industrialization. So it's kind of this like torn both forward and back by the past. So um, I did a, a rose-based per based perfume that like it calls, it uses a perfume style from that time. Um, so really earthy really like kind of animalic a little bit but also very floral so it's just like sort of dual yeah mm. totally caught me and maybe it shows you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um real talk uh is this your side gig or are you full-time um this uh i just switched over um so that this is like it's a full half and half now Okay. Um, yeah <laughs> it's a coffee yeah exactly um yeah i was like i'd been working full-time at another gig doing doing graphic design and this was like evenings and weekends um so now i'm, I'm going down part-time there to still like just make sure my like income's good and, and whatever but uh yeah this is definitely it's very it's on its way to being the full thing so want to keep playing around with other new things so whether it's candles or whether it's something um yeah i really want to explore like a different type of product but in the similar like scent, scent world, smell-based. Who are your scent or maker or design crushes? <laughs> um, <laughs> Who can we Google? For? Yeah, there's, oh dang, that's a good question. Imaginary authors, if they make sense based on um, fiction, usually there's their, their stuff's really solid. Henley Perfume is like a really stand-up guy from New York that I like became friends with just through smells. Um, smell pals. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I guess, like, design, I'm sort of all over the map, but yeah, I really just, like, try to draw in, I guess, inspiration from all over the place. I love that, like, fr older French kind of feel of, of dandies and things, like, roaming through the streets, mm -hmm. the flaneurs, but also, like, yeah, um, sort of mid-century, like, Mexican design is super cool. Yeah. Weird, yeah, that's super cool. It's amazing, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'm kind of, like, all over the place for, for the okay. visual references. Where do you think maker culture is going? Like, what's next for yeah. for the scene? The space that e-commerce is at now, I think it's amazing how easy it is to make a sustainable project, being able to kind of reach a, an international audience. Um, with Amazon, like, I think that's going to take over a lot of stuff, but I think there will continue to be a big need and a lot of room for stuff that can't really be duplicated in that way. Uh, so I, don't, I think there's a lot of, like, space and a lot of cool opportunities with technology i think you'd, you'd asked about sustainability and some of the other ones sustainability and perfume it, it is kind of a weird front line in a way like i maybe not like a i see a lot of the issues like very firsthand of 
all the stuff going on with the climate and things um, because I'm sourcing ingredients from like 30 plus countries, all these like natural sources. Um, so like you, you can't buy vanilla right now at all because it's been like wiped out. Um, they keep having typhoons in Madagascar and it, so the crops have been so bad. So, and it's just, it's mostly like a climate change thing. I'm trying to be like as conscious as possible using ingredients that are available and readily, you know, and like not over harvested and whatnot. But yeah, I think perfume's like in a weird space to actually see some of the issues around sustainability. Mm. Just more and more people are into, into smells and essential oils and stuff. And it's like, these are a natural thing that people are farming. So it's like, there's only so much of it. And then on the other hand, that also means that potentially as the climate changes or we keep in mm. focus on sustainability uh, within our practices, that probably also means that we're going to smell differently. Yeah, like, I, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it's like some things are, are too expensive to produce the like the essence of. Um, and there's a lot of synthetic replacements for things that are usually like not as good, but sometimes they're or like they don't have that certain like smell, but sometimes like they're a much more sustainable option. Like sandalwood has been decimated um, in most of its habitable areas. So you can get sandalwood and I think like, yeah, you can use it to like certain amounts, but like if you, you know, I think oh, if everyone is using all natural sandalwood all the time, firstly, it's crazy expensive, but then like it, 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 it might actually just be too much. So sometimes the like synthetic options are actually like a, it's just from just like a purely sustainability standpoint, like a much better option. So something being all natural and organic actually in perfumes maybe isn't as relevant or like it's, in some ways it's bad. I mean, I think um, it just totally depends on like what your primary kind of concern is. Like there's a lot of people, I, I'm, I use synthetic ingredients in mine um, and there's tons that are safe and tons that are safe from, for the environment and whatnot. But there are, you know, um, if your thing is, is all natural, you know, there's lots of all natural perfume out there that's what they want but like from us just like a sustainability standpoint i think all natural totally can have issues like you could just avoid using certain things but you have to know and be doing that and considering there's a few ingredients that they project will become very expensive in the next couple of years and it's like it just seems like it's happening a lot and so more and more that are kind of having harder times getting you know just that crop return or mm -hmm. getting the same amount of perfumes yeah luxury perfume or natural perfumes are going to be pretty luxurious yeah, well, I was going to say, like, there might be a point where we wonder if it's necessary to smell like something mm -hmm. different at well, all. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's lots of notes that cedar or tree notes or things. Like, there's tons of, tons of trees. It's, that's, you know, from the, the forestry background, there's, like, <laughs> lots of, like, those oils at the amount they're used are, like, it's all good. But there's some things more in, like, the precious kind of, like, florals, like, neroles and, um, like, orange flower and stuff that they project will be really hard to um, get the, the harvest that they need in the next couple of years. So prices are going to go up and up. Um, yeah. And they'll be just harder to smell like, like orange flowers. Wow. It's almost going to become like a class thing. Like Maybe. Yeah. How rich are you? Totally. Yeah. Depends on how you, what, I mean, it, what you smell like. Yeah. What a strange signal. I mean, I think that, I don't know. It's like looking back at the sort of advent of modern perfumery. I think that was like, that was where it started from too, though. Like the, 1800s in France and there's like the perfumed gloves and whatnot like it's totally a marker of diverting yourself from what the average like Parisian villager smells like well I'm glad you're making smells <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm very glad to be making smells thanks Josh <laughs> thank you okay whoa 
perfume. Like who knew, right? There were some really wild things to think about in this interview. I had no idea that art critics for perfumes even existed, let alone that perfume is a canary in the coal mine for sustainability issues, or how historical perfume is, and how much of an art form it is. I super enjoyed hearing about how the creative process works for making a new smell too. So fun. As always, you can get show notes over at royalbison.ca slash makersmoment. I've linked to a few of the perfume brands, schools, and reviewers Josh mentions. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to know when new episodes come out, we're on SoundCloud. Subscribe to the SoundCloud feed and keep an eye on those at the Royal Bison social media feeds to find out when there's something new to listen to. We're also on Spotify now. Just search Makers Moment. And big thanks to our season sponsor, Edmonton Made, who wants you to know that we are the city of hidden gems, and Edmonton Made wants to find them all. Edmonton Made is a program run by the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation that features local businesses by sharing their story, connecting them with resources to help them grow, and creating a community of support around them. They also make the gorgeous gifted catalog, an annual catalog filled to the brim with work from local makers. Visit edmontonmade.com to see how they can help your business shine. And of course, our super fun original music was created by Carbalizer. You can look up the newest album at carbalizer.bandcamp.com. Until next time! <laughs>